0: Are you a single believer looking for the love of your life?
1: Or are you a married believer looking to grow the love you already have? If you like practical advice based on the Word of God with real life examples, you're in the right place. I'm Cindy and I'm Wayne. Welcome Welcome to to Love Love with the the lines. Lines.
0: Welcome to Love With The Lines. I'm Cindy.
1: And that means I must be Wayne. You're Wayne. I'm Wayne.
0: And this is episode 53.
1: Wow. Crazy. 53. Mm -hmm. I remember being 53.
0: Do you remember being 53? I do. Do you? I do. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Well, I remember being in my 50s. I don't know if I actually remember 53 or not.
1: Mm. I'm trying to decide if that was pre or post-Hawaii shirt. Oh, pre. It would have been pre yes mm-hmm anyway my life was so boring then <laughs> I dressed in such a boring way
0: well you know what scripture is never boring how about no, if you read not. tonight's scripture
1: <laughs> let's do that so the scripture tonight is out of 1st Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 7 out of the NLT the New Living Translation love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. It's
0: a great scripture. It is a great scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about romantic love it's about loving each other Mm -hmm. loving people (laughs) loving our neighbors Mm -hmm. it's it's all about that so well tonight we wanted to start a review of a classic book but one that we highly recommend and it's by gary chapman and it's called the five love languages Mm -hmm. i will put um the title in The description of the podcast so that you can look it up at your favorite bookseller. We don't, we're not affiliates, not right now anyway, with anyone. So you can get it from anywhere you would like to get it. In fact, maybe if your church has a library, it might be in the church Mm -hmm. library. You can look it up. So, but this book, he talks about what he has determined at that point in time when he wrote the book, he had been doing marriage counseling for about 30 years. Mm -hmm. And he determined from from his work that there were five love languages and his his introduction to the book he talks about how we grow up learning the language of our home Mm -hmm. of our parents our siblings um you know that that becomes our primary language language that we use um and then we can learn additional languages later but that's always our first one Mm -hmm. and it says he says that language differences are part and parcel of human culture but it's also similar in love and that um that we have emotional love languages Mm -hmm. so you have one and i have one Mm -hmm. so when you're in a marriage together you have to consider that each of you has a love language and that they could be as different as french from russian or chinese Mm -hmm. from english or any other host of Mm -hmm. different languages and
1: and I sometimes wonder too if that's because I know a lot of times couples miscommunicate. It's almost like we're talking two li- two different languages.
0: Right. We, you like to quote the uh, men are from Mars, women are from, women Venus. Are from Venus, but yes. um, but it's typical and it's it's sort of um, one of the points that he makes that it does like if you so like if Wayne's love language is Chinese and mine is English. I mean, obviously they're not those languages, but like that. It doesn't matter I can I can try to express his love language in English as much as I want but unless I speak Chinese he's not mm-hmm. gonna get it and vice versa and that that's how we have to think about our emotional love languages that we have so when he uh, broke this down into five different ways that he felt the people speak and understand emotional yeah. love now the other thing about this is that he he said in his work that there could be different dialects within the language, within the love that, language. I thought
1: that was very interesting. Right.
0: Well, and it's, it's like that. So I work in a city that has a very large Hispanic population. But there are people from the Dominican public, there are people from Puerto Rico, there are people from Mexico, there are people from Colombia, there are people from many different countries who speak Spanish and their dialects are all a little mm-hmm. different. And I've learned over the years that you can actually say the same thing. And in one lang- one dialect, it's perfectly fine, but it's an insult yep. in another one. And it's not a yep. good thing to say. And so that's sort of um, what Gary Chapman said here in, in his book, that there are dialects within the love languages. Mm-hmm. But he said that he believes that when we learn to identify what those what the love languages are, learn to speak them and practice speaking them, that knowing your spouse's love language can be the key to a long-lasting mm-hmm. marriage and I thought it was very interesting because in the beginning after he does his introduction he talks about one of the things that gets in the way of the love languages and we actually talked about this on the series that we did on the different stages of marriage mm-hmm. and that is that the first thing that we deal with as a couple is the falling in love stage mm-hmm. or in some of those articles that we shared it was the honeymoon phase yep or whatever, and... The old baby phase. The old baby, the <laughs> ooh, baby, baby phase. <laughs> and, and he describes it that, you know, that at its peak, the in-love experience is euphoric. And he says we're emotionally obsessed with each other. We go to sleep thinking of each other. When we wake up, that person is the first thought on our minds. We long to be together. The person who is in love has the illusion that his beloved is perfect. And we talked about this in mm-hmm. those stages that you... You ignore faults or you dismiss them Mm -hmm. or you just, you know, rationalize things away. And then all of a sudden the honeymoon is over, the honeymoon phase is over and you have had your eyes opened and you see the warts, you see the the irritating personality traits, you see that the other person has the capacity to hurt and to be angry and to level out harsh words Mm -hmm. and judgment and criticism. And those are things that we've overlooked and now they've really become real points of contention in, yep. in our marriage relationship. His, uh, to quote him, he says, Welcome to the real world of marriage where hairs are always in the sink and little white spots cover the mirror where arguments center on which way the toilet paper comes off and whether the lid should be up or down. In this world, a look can hurt and a word can crush. Intimate lovers can become enemies and marriage a battlefield. You know, so that's something you have to consider is that, uh, and we talked about that in the one article. that talked about how actually the in love was was a, a neurological response mm-hmm. and a physical response to make you attracted to yep. each other for the propagation of the spe- and continuation of the species. That it was actually a, an environmental thing. But anyway, so once once you get past that phase and you're in the the throes of the day to day in the marriage, and uh, you know by now you've got some kids thrown into Mm -hmm. the mix. You actually have to think about filling up the love tank. (laughs) So, you know, we all have, we all have love tanks. There, you, there was a thing, was it, I think it was back in the eighties where they talked about filling your basket that Mm -hmm. you couldn't give to others. If your basket wasn't full that you had to refill your, your basket before you could take things out of your basket to give to somebody else. It was talking about emotional uh, connections and relationships and um well
1: and that's stuff we've talked about too over the over the episodes especially some of the early uh-huh. ends, early, earlier ones we talked about having our, our love baskets full and different yeah. ways to do that yeah
0: yeah he says once this euphoria state goes on you know what do we do like so now we're in this marriage and we have two options and the options are where it seems like we have an, an option two options that are we destined to a life of misery with our spouse or must we must we jump ship and try again well no those are even though it seems like there's only two options those are not the other options the better alternative is to recognize the in love experience was a temporary emotional high and now we have to pursue real love with our spouse Mm. so you know we we want (laughs) to feel affection and love from our spouses when uh when our spouse's emotional love tank is full and they feel secure in our love the whole world looks bright and your spouse will move out to reach His or her highest potential in life. So, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this in many, many different ways, but not specifically the way this is talked about in this book. So he goes on to say that the first love language is words of affirmation. And he talks about in, um, oh, I was going to look these scriptures up and I didn't. But in in Solomon, in Proverbs, Proverbs, you find two scriptures. The tongue has the power of life and death. And another one, an anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. And so we know that there's power in our words. The Bible tells us that there's power in our words and that we have to use them wisely. Words of appreciation can be compliments. Or uh, they can be encouraging words and they are a powerful way to communicate love. Mm-hmm. If, especially if that's the, you know, this, that's if this person's love language is words of affirmation. And it can be very simple. It can be like, wow, you look really good in that outfit. Or
1: the shirt does look nice, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has a Hawaii shirt on.
0: I know you can't see it, but oh, it's there. It's a lovely green. <laughs> sure what that color green is called but it's kind of like a i don't know what it is it's not lime green it's like it's a very yellowy green with some nice hibiscus flowers on some very blue palm leaves and green palm leaves yes it's very colorful yes anyway
1: thank you that made me feel very good did
0: that make you feel very good that i told you your shirt was very colorful (laughs) yep anyway we digress (laughs) anyway but and, kind words. Yeah, it could be, um, mm-hmm. you know, a compliment on cooking. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, this, you know, dinner was really good tonight. I really like the way you cooked the steak or, you know, made this casserole mm-hmm. or whatever. But then there's also encouraging words mm-hmm. that can be helping your spouse through a hard time. So I've been having a particularly difficult issue, drama issue at my workplace. And Wayne has been you know, very encouraging. You know, he says to me, Oh, I'm really sorry that you're having to deal with this. Or he says, let's pray about this, you know, or he'll, when something positive happens, the situation will be like, Oh, he says, that's really great that, you know, that you're moving in this direction. I mean, he tries to, he acknowledges the situation that I'm in. And then he gives me encouraging words to help me work through it. I don't know. I feel like I'm Not using the best example, but I think, you know, you were very encouraging when I was doing my master's degree online and I was thinking that I was out of my mind that um, if you're out there and you're younger than 50 and you're planning to get a master's degree, do it now while you still have all your brain cells (laughs) like I, I, I can't highly recommend that enough anyway. You were so encouraging to me because there were times where I felt like I was stupid. I felt like I didn't know anything. I felt like I wasn't going to make it through. And you, you were very encouraging to me during that time, and that was very helpful. And well, this—that's not even words of information. I think they're like a secondary love language for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How how do they read on your your love language scale?
1: Mm, I, I think more. I think mine is more. Serving and stuff, but I mean, I still like, I still like words of encouragement. I mean, they, I think Uh they make you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you've always been really good about when I'm going through tough times at work or whatever. Too, you've always been really encouraging me about about that too. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's always, I think, I I think they're all good. Yeah. But and
0: then Wayne had mentioned two kind words, and he read it in the scripture tonight from Corinthians: "Love is kind," and you know, it when we speak. The same sentence can have two different meanings. Mm -hmm. So I can say, I love you. And you know that's a kind Mm -hmm. word. But if I say, I love you, like it's a question, like, do I love you? Mm -hmm. Do I really love you?
1: That inflection really makes a big difference. Yeah,
0: the question mark changes the whole meaning. And so the manner in which we speak is is really important. There's a... Okay.
1: Well, I was going to say, and I think sometimes we... It's a sincere word, too, I think, is what makes a big difference, Mm -hmm. too. It's not just I'm saying it just to say it if i say it to mean it makes a big difference mm-hmm. if that makes any sense yeah.
0: well and i think um, what the author talks about in the book is that you know when we get into arguments lots of times we give out some harsh words we speak out of anger we may have raised voices we may have you know an angry tone we probably have an angry look on our face and if if we choose to respond to our spouse with those same mm-hmm. the same angry words, the same reaction, that kind of thing. That's just going to keep the the argument and that feeling going. But if we can, and this is not easy, but if we can choose to be loving in the situation and not respond in anger, but just say, you know, I think we need to talk about this later, you know, or try to diffuse the situation a little bit, that that can have a, a bigger effect on the situation. That, you know, if if you seek understanding and reconciliation and see, I used to have to try to prove my own point and our, you know, what I've learned, especially what I've learned in this situation I'm going out at work is people's perceptions of a thing are different. I'm dealing with something somewhat, some, a situation where a coworker has a completely different perception of something I said to them and their, how they interpreted what I said Doesn't it all reflect what I meant by the comment that I made, but I can't convince them that, that they're wrong. You know, that they interpreted it wrong. Their perception is their reality Mm -hmm. and their truth. And so you're not going to change somebody else's perception, especially in the heat of the moment. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if you walk in mature love and that's where you can just take it, take a breath and say, okay, I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about this mm-hmm. later, kind of a thing, and that doesn't. And of course, as we always say, we're we're talking about typical marriage relationships. Mm-hmm. We are not talking about abusive situations. Right. If you are being verbally or physically abused by a spouse, you need to get to safety and to yeah. get help. You, we are not recommending that you try to manage that situation with what we're talking about. So the author goes on to talk about especially in these heated moments, not to bring up past failures mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and, you know, that's really easy to do, to throw up every mistake that a, that a mm-hmm. person has made in the past. And, um,
1: well, you know, you keep doing the same thing mm-hmm, all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And, you that's know, not... that we just have to choose to forgive and to move on. And that um, humble words are important that love makes requests. It does not make demands. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was a really interesting point. The author says, in marriage, oh, when I demand things from my spouse, I become a parent and the spouse, mm-hmm. the child. Yeah. In marriage, however, we are equal adult partners. We're not perfect to be sure, but we're adults and we are partners. Mm-hmm. And I, I never thought about I it thought that, about way, that way that, that it turns good, yeah. into like a parent-child um, interaction I didn't think about that mm,
1: that's a good point
0: yeah and the other thing it talked about was giving indirect words of affirmation and that's where you say something positive about your spouse to somebody else mm-hmm. especially in situations where you know it's going to get back to your spouse mm-hmm. like to their like if for a wife to say something positive to her mother about her you know or you know when you're out in a group I uh, it's it's really bad when you bash your spouse to other people I mean now that's that being said if you're having difficulties and you have a trusted friend or mentor that you want to share your difficulties with and look for guidance or more like you venting know, prayer or, or, or yeah just you know being able to talk about talk what's what's you know bothering you and get a different perspective on how to handle it but if you, I've been in situations where people just badmouth mouth their, their, I've been with other women and they just badmouth their husbands and it's awful. I just, I'm there and I'm like, I have nothing to say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll say, you know, my husband treats me well and I know it isn't that for anybody, but bad to other people doesn't help the situation. Mm-hmm. The recommendation is that if your spouse's love language is words of affirmation, that you need to remind yourself that words are important and occasionally write a love letter to your spouse or a text or an email in these days. And that uh, if you're not in the habit of complimenting your spouse, that you can set yourself a goal to compliment your spouse every day for Mm -hmm. one month. All right. So that that got us through the first one. And so that's an introduction to this book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And we will continue on with the next love language, which is quality time when we talk to you next week. Until then, we pray that your marriage will be richly blessed.
1: Bye now. God bless.
0: Bye.